This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm an astrophysicist, your personal astrophysicist, and I work at the American Museum of Natural History right here in New York. And I also serve as the Frederick P. Rose Director of the Hayden Planetarium there. Today, we're doing Cosmic Queries. Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries edition. I've got in studio Eugene Merman. Hello. The one, the only. A voice. Yes. Risen from Bob's Burgers. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you're that on the Good uh, child. I'll look for you on TV. So so you're going to help us get through this. I haven't yeah. seen these questions before. No. And this edition is uh, the sequel uh-huh. to the science fiction Yeah, science edition. fiction part two. Part two. Yes. yes. Let's do this. Bring All right. It on. These are questions called from the oh, internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is from mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. uh, from the internet. Okay. These are not fans yeah. of Star Talk, and this is yeah, our yeah. way to give back to them. So here we go. Uh, Ali Bishop wants to know: Can Neil please explain the hypothesis that the universe is a holographic projection? I've heard of it. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I can't claim to fully understand it either. It's an inventive, innovative concept mm-hmm. where, see, on a black hole, yeah, information that comes through the event horizon has a a memory of that information imprinted on the inner surface of that event horizon. And if I remember it correctly, and the, the, the notion is you can create a whole world just on this sort of projected fact 
of having passed through the event horizon. Now, how you get from the event horizon, which is a surface mm-hmm. surrounding a black hole, to the 3D existence that we are, I was a little fuzzy on that. And so I don't, I, so I don't claim enough to answer that question but Probably. you described her question to other people, and now we all want it answered. <laughs> so I've just, so I've just frustrated people even yes. further. Well, no, you've clarified a thing that I didn't know to not understand. Yeah, it so has. Thank to, it, you. It's an intersection. <laughs> now you really don't yeah. understand it. It's an intersection of sort of information theory and general relativity, right. With regard to uh, 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 things like event horizons and the visual edge of our universe is an event horizon kind of of it. To, unto itself, mm-hmm. and so so it's it's intriguing. It's intriguing, uh, but I'm not all there. Okay. So I, so that's a partial answer, uh, and maybe we'll come back and yeah. pick it up again. Sometimes, what else you got? Uh, okay. Jacob Craner asks: In the Alien movies, the aliens have highly corrosive acid for blood. Is this biologically feasible? Could a creature survive having highly acidic blood? And do we know of any that exist with similar properties today? Yeah. Well. I mean, acid. Bloods, uh, acid snakes. No. <laughs> you know, everyone, when they hear the word acid, they say, ooh, it's going to destroy yeah. things. Well, you can be basic as well. That's yeah. the opposite of acid. And that can also destroy things. Yeah. And the, the I most, have acid in my stomach. Yeah, yes, you do. And it's very, you know. I can ver- eat metal. Very low pH uh, acid. Yeah. And the, uh, but when you're basic, mm-hmm. you're very base, Basie, if you want yeah. to think of it that way, you that's also rather caustic. And in fact, some of the most caustic stuff in your household is basic. Mm-hmm. And that's um, in Drano, liquid. Uh, that's liquid why you plumber. really shouldn't drink Drano. That's, that's why. And if Drano was alive, this would be a great answer to his question. <laughs> so all that matters is whether your acidic or basic blood is not caustic to the skin that contains it. Right. Right. That's all that really yeah. matters. And uh, for example, you have acid in your stomach that could dissolve other things. Yeah. But they don't dissolve the lining of your stomach. So it's just a matter of who's sitting next to whom. Yeah. Chemically or, or biophysically. And then you're cool. So the answer is yeah, totally. You yeah. could have a very acidic alien. Uh, we, like I said, we have an extremely acidic stomach yeah. acids. So okay. uh, stomach. Uh, um, it's basically hydrochloric acid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, In fact, the chlorine yeah. in salt, yes, which is uh, sodium chloride, yeah. the chlorine becomes part of the hydrochloric acid in your stomach. Oh. That's one of the reasons why you need salt. To keep your stomach all nice and acidy. Yes, so that you can dissolve foods and have it enter your bloodstream for nourishment. Okay. Next. Huh. Jeffrey, Be- Jeffrey Bethel wants to know, could it be possible to give people telekinetic abilities like the Force from Star Wars using cybernetic implants? Well, because so, obviously you couldn't just grow it. Well, here's the thing: cybernetic outplants don't do that either. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. That. Yeah, could you do it with just a helmet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it happening outside of your head, much less in your head. It's something in your head presumably would enable you to control it. Sure. With their thoughts. I think that's the concept Yeah, yeah, there. that's what he's but really a fan of. we can't do that outside of our head in the first place. We don't have any kind of telekinetic wands that use magic magnets? Are you saying Magneto is unrealistic? <laughs> <laughs> magnetic fingers and blood? Yeah, one issue I had with Magneto is he's deflecting lead bullets, and lead is not particularly magnetic. I mean, not all metal is magnetic. Yeah, that's why you should always shoot him with nickels. 
<laughs> that's what that's that should have been just a ten minute X Men movie where nickel someone shoots him with a gun made of nickels <laughs> in the head and he's dead. And anyway, not many people know that nickel is a magnetic metal because when because you go of, to a nickel coin. Oh yeah, I meant the coin. It's a gun that shoots the coin, not the material. But the material in pure form is highly magnetic. Oh, you take a magnet to a nickel, it's not magnetic at all. Telling you that there's not that much nickel in a nickel. Yeah. Just FYI. I figured. Yeah. Okay. Oh, government's always trying to trick us by stealing all the nickel in our nickel. Yeah, and there was a James Bond episode where he had a highly magnetic uh, a feature of his wristwatch or some mm-hmm. item on his wrist. And when someone shot a bullet at him, he just lifted his arm up and deflected the bullet. And they forgot to include the conservation of momentum. If you can deflect a bullet with your arm, your arm has to deflect wildly in the other direction in response. Right. And that's not what happened. Wait, so is there anything that could function similar to telekinesis that I guess would be somehow magnetic or something? Uh, well, so what you'd have to do, maybe the, the argument here is you have your thoughts affect an object that generates a magnetic field that can then be targeted towards right. one object and another, and then you could attract or push away because you go positive, you know, north But it would pole, be mostly pole. things that ha- that were actually magnetic. That, you couldn't that push could like respond, a plastic cup. Yes, that could respond to f- action at a distance. And yeah. the, the two things we know are gravity and uh, yeah. electromagnetism. Oh, right. and so you could have a gravity a gravity machine. Yeah, so, but but if I but if I target gravity towards one thing, everything there would come towards me, right? It wouldn't just I can't just say cup come to me. Right, right. right. Everything I, I, between you and the cup would. Right, right, exactly. So right. Yeah. so everybody out there stop trying to move things with your mind when you wake up in the mornings, okay? <laughs> it's pointless. Okay. Amoro Jean Baptiste asks, is there any is there anything scientific to the different reaction of Superman cells to red sun versus yellow sun? Ooh, good yeah. question. Is it realistic? The answer is mm-hmm. we just ran out of time in no! this segment. <laughs> yes, no! We did. Is Superman real? You have to come back it's- after the break. You're listening to Star Talk Radio, the Cosmic Queries Edition, the sequel to the Science Fiction Edition. Which is the sequel to our previous Cosmic Queries on, on science fiction. Eugene, thanks for doing this with me here. Eugene Merman is the other voice in the studio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, so uh, you realize we're on the internet, as you know. We're at StarTalkRadio.net. You're on the internet. You tweet yeah. the Eugene Merman. Uh, Star Talk tweets. You yeah. find out where all the shows are. It's just Star Talk Radio. It's yeah. a very simple uh, handle there. Uh, so... I'm ready for it. this. Is the Cosmic Queries edition? Questions called from the from the fan base of Star Talk, and they're all about science fiction questions. So bring it on. Bring me the next one. Well, you never answered the Superman question. Superman cells are they affected? Oh, oh after the previous break. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good memory. Anything really scientific between? Well, I have it written down, but yeah, <laughs> uh, between the red sun and yellow sun, is that true? Like, would would someone potentially be able to fly or under uh, one sun and not under another? Yeah, yeah. So we. Th- think we know stars very well at this point. It's one of the triumphs of 20th century modern astrophysics. How stars are born, how they live out their lives, how they die, what their properties are, what catalogs. Who their friends are, what their favorite books. Well, literally, well, figuratively, stars have friends. They're born in clusters Uh and clusters of a few, 10 or, you know, clusters of pairs. Yeah. They're binary stars, triple stars, quadruple stars, quintuple stars, stars that have hundreds of Star systems that have hundreds of stars, thousands of stars, hundreds of thousands of stars. Oh, wow. So they're cousins, uncles, aunts, yeah. all of these. Except they're all born at the same time, so they're simultaneous in their generation. Here's the thing. 
we know the difference between a yellow star and a red star. You know, one the yellow star is- And is it 10%? <laughs> the yellow star is hotter than the red star, period. Uh-huh. And it gives off a little more white light, okay? A little more yellow light than does the red star. Yeah. It's just light. So if it's light that gave Superman his powers, then- and it is, and if it's red light that took him away, yeah. Then all you need to do is shine red light on Superman, and he'd be a pile of a crying, a crying really, mess. You know, Lex Luthor really can hear you, so you really shouldn't be saying <laughs> things like that. So it's not. Simply, you don't even need kryptonite; you just need a flashlight. We have fully characterized the light emanating from stars. And a red star, if Superman did not have powers on Krypton, but he has power uh, on on the Krypton system, yeah, and he, and he has powers on the Earth Sun system, then we we would have had him figured out long ago. So, but even if his skin is like a solar bat- battery that absorbs the energy, like uh, a oh yeah, so if uh, the yellow sun absorbs higher and en- emits. A yellow sun emits higher energy light than does a red sun. And he could be absorbing it, and then red light wouldn't ruin him right away. He could be, except we know exactly how much energy his skin can absorb. And it's infinite. No, it can't be any more than the light hitting him, right? And most of the sun's light is not hitting him. It's hitting the ground. It's hitting your butt on a beach. It's hitting someplace else. He might fly butt first towards the sun (laughs) until he's so powerful he comes and puts an end to all villainy. (laughs) I wish now, to be more realistic, Superman flew butt first towards I, I, the sun. I assure you Superman needs much more, many more solar panels than what his skin clad with such yes. material could bring him, given the powers that he exhibits. So it's some mystical thing that is, is yeah. not really- Even though well. magic's really the only thing that can hurt him, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> also, uh, did you know I was in a Superman comic? Uh, no, but I believe it. You, oh, wait, you, I think I did know that. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Action Comics 140 or 142 just a few months ago back in, uh, and I was chilling with, Superman came to visit me at the Hayden Planetarium. And did you tell him all these terrible things where you're like, <laughs> I don't think your skin's as powerful as you think it is. <laughs> no. Did you just tease no, him? No, I praised him for all the good work he's done in Gotham yeah. because- You mean Metropolis. Uh, I'm, oh, sorry. Am I mixing Batman? No, sorry, Metropolis, yes. Yeah, I did say Metropolis. it's almost as if those worlds aren't real <laughs> to you. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been a lo- lifelong resident of Metropolis, resident yeah. of Metropolis, and so he wanted some help finding Krypton on the sky, and so I pointed out a star. That with you a, think w- would be. With, with be. a planet, that, and we showed it to him in the planetarium dome. So it was kind of cool, chilling That's with awesome. Superman. Yeah. yeah. All right, are you ready? All right, what else you got? Go. Uh, Edwin A. Crespo asks, could Captain James T. Kirk, the Starship at... Uh, could Captain James James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise and its original crew defeat Superman if it came to a fight in Sol system space? Sol is the Latin word for the sun, just in case people are wondering. Yeah, and what we're also wondering is what does Sol system space mean in the world of uh, Star Trek? Where is that? Oh, well, no. If uh, Well, if it means something other than what I know, then I don't yeah. know. Okay, but well, Sol is, is what we call the sun in Latin. Uh-huh. And the counterpart to that to Earth would be Terra, and then the moon is Luna. Uh-huh. So that way everybody has a one family of Latin words. We have Sol, Mercury, because oh, these are Roman gods, and Romans spoke Latin. So so Mercury, Venus, Earth is not Latin, so it's Terra, uh, Luna, and then you go on and way Are you out. trying to avoid whether Superman or, <laughs> or Captain Kirk would win in a fight? That's what it sounds like. So what? Okay, is- here's the thing. There's a reason why he's called... Superman. Yes. Okay? I have no doubt that Superman could take the Starship Enterprise and the entire crew. Yeah. That's why they call him Superman. It's true. He's not just sort of strong man. He's not sort of kind of Superman. He's Superman. Yeah. Listen, the dude flew backwards around the Earth, stopped its, reversed its rotation. Yeah. 
Turn time backwards. Well, that's not something. James Kirk also flew around the sun and then saved the whales. So let's not let's no, no. not be like he's the only one who Excuse can go me. back in time. He flew past the sun in a spaceship. Yeah. Superman flew around the sun donning a cape and blue pantyhose. That's so true. that's way more powerful. But Captain Kirk is very good under pressure. He is, but if Superman goes to the tail of the Enterprise yeah, yeah. and punches and, it and, and punches or swings it around yeah. lasso style, that's the end. All right, you win. Uh, no, you're right. Aliens would defeat Earthlings. <laughs> that's that, that's what it always comes down to. Right, because Superman's an alien. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah don't let him forget it. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. Here's another question. Uh, Virgilio Jonathan asks, uh, in the movie Prometheus... Maybe uh, that's Jonathan Virgilio, and he uh, put his name, first name I first. agree that I think the other way sounds better to me, <laughs> but I will not tell this young man that his name is wrong. Okay. But I agree that that's how I would do it if I was him. I, I've never met a person whose last name was Jonathan. That's my Well, you've never met Virgilio, <laughs> so that's, that's no. part of it. In the movie Prometheus, when... Uh, when we're exploring the structures, they got to a part where there was breathable atmosphere, but it seemed that it was naturally created and not by a machine. The air didn't diffuse out into the atmosphere outside the structure. Is this possible? How would it work? And would this work on, say, like, I don't know, Mars? Yeah, completely. So it's not the, – the, the oxygen was created by life inside mm-hmm. the cave. So, yeah, when they lifted off their, 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 their helmets and they could breathe, life was inside the cave. Now, that cave it does not receive sunlight, and everything we know about the production of oxygen via photosynthesis requires sunlight. So I don't know how they worked that right. one out. But uh, ignoring that complication, that's where the oxygen would have been. Now, since they walked in a big gaping hole in the cave, um, it seems to me right. It would sort of spill out. But if the oxygen is made at a high enough rate, you could still breathe the oxygen made by the extensive plant life, uh, oxygen-producing life, that right. was within the cave itself. And in Prometheus, the, the coolest thing were those little buzz, uh, birdie things that they flew into the – they tossed into the cave and it mapped by laser the three-dimensional structure of the cavernous contents. That was great. And does that seem realistic? Oh, complete. I mean I yeah. love – Prometheus I think got panned by too many given yeah. what it did and how good it was for you what it did. It. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and you thought it was it had elements that were accurate and interesting. Uh, uh, or within reach, they yeah. had this this pod where you can dial up how it would operate on you. Right. What do you need a doctor for? Right. Yeah. You, so I'd like a hysterectomy. I'd like a tooth extracted. I'd like yeah. you dial it in. You get in the pod. It 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 it, it, it scans your body. Knows how what you look like. Goes in. Takes the organ out. Sews you back up. And I won't tell you what happened in that scene if you hadn't seen it, but it's... I haven't seen the movie, but it doesn't sound like it worked out (laughs) if you're leaving out... You're making it... You're like, everything's great, but I won't tell you the end of this operation. Wait, but don't get me started. Since we're on Prometheus, I gotta get this off my chest. There's a point where Charlize Theron, who's the... Uh, the corporate representative on board the ship, because mm-hmm. the corporation paid for the voyage to this yeah, yeah. outer distant uh, star system. Uh, she, they know where the money is. In a frustrated, sexually tense moment with the captain of the ship, says something like, I didn't come a billion miles into space just to blah, 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 blah. And I'm yeah. thinking a billion miles, that's like to Saturn. You right. Know? It's like, excuse me, Charlize. You, you know, you got that one wrong. You, I didn't come over a thousand billion. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I, 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 put, I tweeted this, and so there was a nerd sort of reaction saying, what? Well, the anti-nerd reaction saying, what? You're paying attention to what she said and not her body? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was really hot in this, in this movie. But go I on. I believe you. Okay. Okay, Christopher Lloyd asks, and who knows, maybe it is the one, uh, the abyss in the ocean vast and deep enough to hold 
Oh, sorry, The Abyss. Is the ocean vast and deep enough to hold an alien spaceship that we wouldn't know about by now? Ooh, it depends on how vast. You can easily hide something smaller. But if it's really, really vast, I don't think so. Say it's the size of uh, Connecticut. No, no, I don't think so. What if it's the size of a Burger King in (laughs) Connecticut? (laughs) A Burger King-sized spaceship, for sure. And, uh, and, and, And I'll tell you why. Oh, whoa, we're running out of time. All right, tell me after the break. Tell me after the we'll break. Got, we got to take a break uh, and make some money. This is Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries edition, part two of Science Fiction. Back in a moment. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops Driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. 
PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. PXG.com slash StarTalk, code StarTalk. StarTalk, Cosmic Queries. We're talking about science fiction, and this is science fiction, the sequel. We yes. did this once before, Eugene, and we only got halfway through the questions. Yeah. Questions called from the internet from fans of StarTalk. Great having you guys out there. And uh, forgive me, did we leave off? Yes, we left off talking about the ocean. And uh, we were talking about how it's so vast that it could potentially hide an alien spacecraft. Like in the abyss. Like in the abyss. Yeah, okay. And then the question is, so... And this it, is a question asked by Christopher Lloyd. Well, by someone named Christopher Lloyd, which I hope is the real Christopher Lloyd asking through Facebook a question about the movie <laughs> The Abyss. That's my fantasy. It might be just a guy in Bangladesh. Okay, Christopher Lloyd, if that's really Christopher the Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd we think it is, uh, yeah. I, I loved you on Cyber Chase. Yes, well, so so uh, uh, a spaceship the size of Connecticut could not hide from us underwater, but a spaceship Here, the size of Burger King could. No, here's the thing: uh, a space a large spaceship would need an energy source if it's doing anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In principle, it could tap the energy of the magma that gurgles beneath the Earth's crust. Yeah. In the Marianas Trench off of the Philippines. Yeah. That is the deepest part of Earth's crust. The closest you can get to that churning liquid without drilling into without drilling. Yeah, to get the the closest you can get for free. Yeah. Without um uh, drilling up the the bottom yeah. of the ocean. Aliens are very concerned <laughs> of the cost of drilling into our planet. That's they're like we can't spend all our money on this drill. So it would be funny if they had like the same economic they problems. They probably we have did. some. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but here's what here's what might happen. We you know we we know ocean currents. We know how they move. Mm-hmm. We have the capacity to monitor the ocean depths. Yeah. We have submarines out there. The the structure yeah. of the open depth is of very high interest yeah. to the military. We can in still fact, break the Germans' codes. <laughs> in fact, so watch out, Germany. <laughs> in fact, the knowledge that in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, the continental plates were separating mm-hmm. was first derived by the mapping of the ocean bottom by the military. No. And so that fact is what enabled everyone to then believe you, um, uh, 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 Wegner. Yeah. The, I forgot his first name. Uh, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Boy Wegner. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wegner was a scientist who proposed that the continents shift mm-hmm. around on Earth's surface and fit together like a puzzle at one time in their past. Uh, and th- he was laughed at, basically. How could this possibly happen? It's, it's a solid thing. It's not solid. These things no. are moving around. Mid-Atlantic Ridge showed that. And that allowed you to fit South America to Africa, which any child knows looks like they fit together on a yeah. globe. So- 
um, we, we, we've mapped the ocean surface. So unless this thing is, is swimming around behind the submarine, yeah. behind the surface. The, uh, uh, but uh, it took so long to find giant squids, so you think. Well, well, this is what I'm saying. Well, the giant squids are not the size of Connecticut. Right. So, <laughs> so what in between? So what's the biggest thing you think you could have? Like, could it be the size of UMass Boston? If it's intelligent, U- UMass Amherst. If it's intelligent, it just doesn't go where they're doing the tom- the, 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 the tomography. Yeah. Right. right. You can just sort of follow around. I joke about this with the, 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 the rover on Mars. Yeah. If they're cool aliens hanging out up there, but they just want to mess with us, they just keep running behind the, the stereo yeah. camera. And then, you know, we would say, oh, it's desolate. No, they're having a party <laughs> on, yes. a ro- on, on, a, on a lazy Susan dancing around the camera. <laughs> so, yeah, you could, in, in principle, hide it. But if it was stationary, I don't think you could. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. All right. Tim Bailey has a question. The Tim Bailey. I don't know. Um, Neil, what is your favorite science fiction book, TV series, or film? The correct answer is BBC's Red Dwarf, by the way. That's what he wrote. <laughs> uh, but, no, what is, yeah, what's your favorite sci-fi? Okay, favorite science fiction for TV, has to be the original Star Trek series. Yeah, and because of it was nothing. It was like nothing that came before. Yes, there was science fiction. Yeah, but this one, but it was unrealistic, like Buck Rogers. <laughs> the difference was this told stories that really should have been told in real Earth situations, but no one would have allowed that to happen right. because they were offensive. They were this, or they 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 probed our our odd social mores because social statements were being made. Right. You could finally have a race of purple people or green people exactly. and be like, why are you so mean to the green people? To the, exactly. So you can transpose it into space yeah. and have these stories still be told. Twilight Zone was an equ- had equivalent yeah. landscape in which to conduct the storytelling. So I just see that as a really important series. I will also add that the Starship Enterprise, by my read of the history of the telling of science fiction stories, was the first ship of its kind to not be designed only to get from A to B. Yeah. It was designed to live on. And also to explore. Its mission was simply its information. Its mission was not, a, was not a destination. Yeah. I don't know any other ship for which that was the case. Yeah. In the history of the telling. The Magna si- Carta. Since then, we've had those yeah. ships that just go hang out. Yeah, the yeah. Ship is cruise ships. Space is cruise ships, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I would say uh, Star Trek, the original series. And... Uh, Love that and the Twilight Zone, which had a lot of space themes yeah. in that era. We were going to the moon. Yeah. They, they addressed them. On, on movies, I'd have to put a deep impact when the asteroid hit and hit the ocean rather than having good aim like the asteroids did in Armageddon where yeah, one yeah. hit the Eiffel Tower and one hit yeah, a yeah. dam or whatever. So this one hit the ocean. Most of the Earth's surface is ocean. That got a lot of – so much of the physics right, I let him go on stuff that wasn't right. Like the story? <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> No, I recommend it. It's based on the. Uh, you, you, but what's the, so that's the one you find most scientifically accurate. Yeah, what's yeah, the one then, you find most enjoyable. Well, wait, and I t- thoroughly enjoyed uh, Carl Sagan's story uh, brought to film Contact. Oh, okay, it was an interesting treatment of how humans would react to information that we found a species of intel- aliens more intelligent than we are. Hmm. Humans just freaked out, and I yeah. enjoyed watching the attempt to capture that. When we come back, more of Star Talk, the Cosmic Prayer. We're back. Cosmic Queries. Star Talk. Eugene, thanks for being here with me. We left off with what my favorite uh, sort of movie, TV, science fiction. And just a, a quick recap. I, the Twilight Zone, the first gen, the first Star Trek, yeah. uh, were without precedent in their concept and what they portrayed. Uh, uh, Deep Impact, 
an yeah. asteroid movie that finally got the physics right. You know, the Bruce Willis one, no. This yeah. one, yes. And uh, Carl Sagan's Contact. People act crazy without intelligent aliens talking to us. That one, I think, really captured how crazy how crazy people would get in the face of that information. Yeah. And I got to love The Matrix. Yes. That, that's, those are my top ones. Not including 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's there just as a classic. But Right. So uh, – Eugene, they keep asking me these questions, but it seems to me you might have favorites. I do. Well, you know, I uh, I don't know. I love the Star Trek Four where they go back in time. I love time travel stuff. Oh, that was also, Save the Whales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save <laughs> the Whales. But I mostly and then, Star Trek um, Four, the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last the movie that had episode of the series Star Trek. <laughs> I think that epi- that was the last one that had the full crew. Maybe together. It might but have I also been. love the new, the latest Star Trek, and then the movies. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, movies. Yeah, those I, are fun. I thought that was great, and then. Um, but I did. I loved as a kid, like Auto Man and Buck Rogers and uh, okay. the Misfits of Science. By the way, in the latest Star Trek movies, I had an issue with the red matter uh-huh. turning planets into seemed black. Seemed unrealistic holes. to you somehow. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed. Are you to saying me... you know more than Spock? I find that unlikely. I'm, if you had red matter, I don't see why it has to go to the center to turn it into a black hole. Put it ten feet underground. It would make a black hole there too. I don't see why they had to drill. It was a cool drill. Don't get me wrong. If I had a drill. To get to the center of a planet, that's what it would look like. But all right, you're right. Just throw a little. Just throw it at near it. Yeah, just throw it. You know, it, it would t- totally take it in. But what else you yeah. got? Okay, mm-hmm. so Matt Ellie wants to know, Neil, what is an what is an astrophysics theme you would like to see tackled in a work of science fiction? I would like to see an asteroid come while the whole world is at war, and then people realize that the asteroid could render everyone extinct, and so the common enemy. To everyone, yeah, forces everyone to then harmonize with each other. You should check out the movie Watchmen. Then, okay, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's a that, it's an element. They of touch it. there. It's an element yeah. of it. And so, I don't think I've, that they've attempted that in the past, but I don't think they did it very yeah. well. They normally and, do it with aliens. And that one is not just about science; it's about geopolitics and how humans treat each other and what we fight over. And yeah. it may be we figure out a way to har- harvest the resources of that asteroid, put it into orbit around Earth, and then we stop fighting each other and over. We put- over the resources that sit beneath our feet. Right. And then we also put uh, things that it can absorb sunlight on it, turn it into a Dyson sphere, and power the Earth. Uh, we could do that, too. Good. Just making sure it's possible. <laughs> so that would be the end of all wars, and it would take the threat of extinction of the species to reach that point. The ultimate in death becomes the savior of our lives. You've just created a madman out there listening <laughs> to this who's going to try to develop an asteroid to bring here. Uh, okay, here's right. another. Dan Owens has a question. They are currently remaking Disney's The Black Hole, the movie that you claim was the least accurate sci-fi movie you've ever seen. Excuse me. I've seen – okay. Uh, There's nothing accurate about the Star Wars series scientifically except the double star system that sets in the the desert. Not even the force? So it's not even – so I don't judge movies by whether they're inaccurate. I'm just saying the original Disney movie Black Hole was awful. It was Forget. awful and inaccurate. And inaccurate. Oh, right. the worst. Right. They go into a black and they go into the black hole and it's like it's like this it's this like reddened scene from from like a beach from, party from Arizona, you know, with, with vents spewing fire. What are you doing? I could have I was in high school at the time and I could have said, Look, I could have been your science advisor and we could have right. done a kick butt movie on black holes. I but bet you in high school still knew a lot of science. I, I, I yeah, I taught a seminar on black holes actually yeah. at, at the time. Well there you go. That's the it's not the best example of someone unknowledgeable about black holes, but I understand okay, what you mean. If they make it, I want to make sure they had some advisors. You know, it doesn't have to be 
be me. You I, want the black hole to just be people turned into spaghetti, and then the movie's done. It's about thirty-five seconds long. Spaghettification. No, but you can have the drama and the love and entering the, the event horizon. But you maybe have to, that you for need relationships minutes. and someone pull, gets pulled from them with the extended, outreached hands as they get spaghettified. That, you, you want know. it to be a better story. That's yeah. what you really. Oh want. Oh my gosh! Don't. Oh, just, just. Yeah, I hope. And Disney's got good movie, good, good money today, and science matters now in movies. So just just to clarify, I think Disney has the resources and they have the science if it's not literacy, let me call it science sensitivity. Right. To think about how to make a really cool movie using black There's holes. There's no way based on what you've told me about the black hole that they could do anything but have a fun world in there. <laughs> like, like like meaning of the story but they could make it a better story. By the way, there are black hole space-time structures where you go through, and if you survived it, you see the entire future of the universe play out in front of you. That's and, a movie. And then you enter your own brand new fabric of space-time. Oh. Freshly created for you through the center of the black hole. If they don't know that, I'm tweeting about it, okay? Well, hopefully they're listening. Yeah, they know I'm ready to bite at their ankles. Yeah. Got to take a break. We'll be right back with Cosmic Queries. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. We're back on StarTalk, Cosmic Queries the sequel to science fiction. fiction in every way it's cut. So uh, we went through a bunch of questions, but there's still so many more. We are in the last segment of this hour, and so it's going to be the lightning round. Let's okay. do it. Ready? I've got my trusty bell. We'll test it. Yep. Engineered, you hear the bell? We're good. All right. All right. Ian Kobe asks, alien movies. Ripley opens up an airlock in space on two separate occasions. Wouldn't opening the airlock kill her pretty quickly? 
Yeah. So what you mean is you're in a vacuum, and yeah. no, it won't. You just hold your breath, and you're not there long enough. You won't to... explode or freeze or anything. No, it's it's some tension on your skin because there is pressure inside of you. Air will come out of your lungs mm -hmm. because the pressure balance wants to equalize. So your cheeks will puff out, and you got to let some air out. But if you're just trying to open an airlock and spend a little bit of time in there to get your suit, to put on your boots, to, to close another door. Plenty of time to do that. Oh, really? Like uh, yeah. how so long? Like we, five, ten minutes or like 35 minutes? Well, uh, no, because you can't hold your breath for ten minutes even in I regular could. air. I mean, I would die. <laughs> yeah, as long as you can hold your breath, you're, okay. you're, you're good to go. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so it's it's been overplayed, right? okay? Yeah. Whether you explode inside of it. Right, go. Okay, David Pilland asks, physics limitations in the Iron Man movies. Is there a theoretical power supply that would be small enough to carry and still provide adequate power up to output? Uh, certainly. Uh, Matter-antimatter drive in his chest would do almost essentially everything he wants. Yeah. Uh, except what would the antimatter touch to contain it in his chest? That's the big problem. Okay, Alexandre LaChapelle asks, will the artificial intelligence we create ever reach the same level we see in sci-fi? I don't see why not. Look, already our artificial intelligence beats us in chess. It yeah. it, it runs Jeopardy. faster than us in Jeopardy. So, yeah. sure. Well, I mean, why not? Sure. It doesn't sound dangerous to me. Yeah. The, the, the tricky part is will it one day ever become diabolical? Or and, enslave us or use us uh, as food. Exactly. And, and the I'm, answer I'm, is maybe, <laughs> but probably not. I'm, I'm skeptical. Go. Yeah. Hayden Jerese asks, could robots really be programmed to follow Asimov's law of robotics? And if they could, do you predict lifelike artificial intelligence in the near future. We can program computers to do anything we want. Even speak Spanish? Period. <laughs> Period. And so this whole thing about uh, Eisenhower's three rules, and one of them yeah. is the robot cannot kill the creator of the robot. Yeah, and, yeah. And so the point is you can program it to do anything. Like, so, so yes. Name one robot we have that kills people <laughs> and call it a drone. Yes, exactly. And a robot doesn't have to look like people. It just no. has to respond to- It just has to kill. Just to, uh, you know, planes today are robots. Yeah. You're, the monorail in- Airports or robots. There's nobody driving the damn thing. Not you know, even a bunch of kids. Not <laughs> nobody. So so yeah yeah. Uh, I don't see why. Uh, yes. They do anything we want. And here's the thing: whether they take whether they achieve consciousness on their own, mm -hmm. I don't know how that can happen unless we program them to achieve consciousness on their own. So just, that'd be if nice you program it to just to perform tasks, okay. That and that's I think all we should let computers do. Next. Okay. Oops. There. <laughs> Okay, uh, Larissa J. Levy asks, is there any possible way to make a radio out of coconuts? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well. But great question, and you got to love the professor yeah. on Gilligan's Island. Oh, now switching to questions from Twitter. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you need some metal to make a – you need some conductors. You need to something to conduct, and coconuts barely conduct. No. <laughs> but you can make a – what, an alarm clock out of a potato uh, or power it? Yes, uh, but, power it. but you, there are wires sticking into it. You need metal. You right. need conductors for that. Next. Okay. okay. So Rachel Fender asks – in line with Futurama's predictions of the future, is alcohol a viable substance for robot fuel? Uh, Brazil yes. has, most don't know, the third largest aerospace industry in the world. Uh -huh. It's a $20 billion industry. It employs 18,000 people. And they invented an airplane that runs on alcohol. Unlike pure, cognac or? <laughs> pure alcohol. So here we are drinking alcohol on our airplanes, and they're making airplanes that can run on alcohol, which is essentially solar-powered. Because alcohol is derived from plant products. Plant products get their energy from the sun. Nice. Okay, in WALL-E, after 700 years in space, humans lost bone mass. Wait, wait. WALL-E is asking Sorry. this? Or WALL-E? 
No, you're right. Uh, sorry, Ben Apperson in the movie Wall E. e. Thank you. Right. Sorry. After 700 years in space, humans lost bone mass and gained fat. Would their bodies really w- work back on Earth? No. 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 You. 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 Look, our bodies don't work. On Earth, when all you do is sit and watch TV, right? You Let die. alone yeah, be yeah. in space. Yeah, you go in space, and then you gain, you get fatter if you don't exercise. So if we sent uh, enemies to outer space and brought them back in like twenty years, we could beat the crap out. Beat of them. the crap out. What you do is you spin up the space station, you spin up the craft so that you have artificial gravity, right. and it solves the problem entirely. If we had them in super gravity rooms, we could make them very powerful, you, even stronger. Correct. Yes, oh, but going that's to do no this. different from just increasing the weight on in the gym, right? Mm, it's no different. No. Okay, next. It sounds more fun. We'll run it quick. Run okay. It. Last one. Uh, Jeff Deloke asks, in Dune, energy shields allow slow-moving objects to pass through but prevent fast-moving objects. Is this possible? I, uh, I, I never figured that one out. So I, I'm not going to say- Because it's made up. I, <laughs> so that's fine. Let me not say that it's not possible. I, I will say There are things that you can move slower through faster than trying to move fast through. That, that's true. Yes. Like really viscous liquids. Yes. If you try to go fast through, the, there's a, a partial vacuum that picks up behind you and slows you down. Yeah. It gets, it's like the muck of mud, and but uh, move slowly. Uh, it just goes around. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, Eugene, thanks for coming. Again, Thank you so much Star for having Talk, me. Cosmic Queries, sci-fi. You're listening to Star Talk Radio, brought to you in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. We'll see you next time. As always, keep looking up.
to keep looking up. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.